Like, that would have some pretty dire ramifications for that. <laughs> Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers Part 2. I'm Els. And I'm Stax. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 44, Quest for Survival. Let's talk about Trent Robots today, shall we? Sure. So we begin with a massive horde of Insecticons descending upon a poor, unsuspecting farm which is presumably in South Asia? Maybe. I, locations are fluid in this universe, I don't even know. Yeah. Unless they tell us directly where it is, we have no idea. <laughs> We're making educated guesses, we yeah. think. Yep. And then, somewhere, uh, another horde descends upon a farm in the U.S. And one of the two guys that's in the field here is like, are those them locusts again? In a matter of speaking, yes. <laughs> Big locust. <laughs> uh-huh. The U.S. farmers quickly hop off their combine and the tractor and... Run away on foot, just like totally scurrying. I'm sure they'll totally run faster than those vehicles would drive. It might be good uh, that they ditch them, though, as the Insecticons begin shooting at the vehicles once they land. <laughs> the Insecticons have a grudge against farm equipment. Maybe someone tried running into them with them. At some I mean, point. it's about the only thing that's big enough to do a lot of any damage, maybe. Yeah. A group of Autobots arrive to dissuade the Insecticons from their meal. Our party for today includes Hover, Inferno, Smokescreen, Trax, Warpath, and the elusive G1 Cartoon Skids. Very elusive. This might be his only speaking line. <laughs> A fight quickly follows, but the Autobots retreat. And then back at the Ark, Smokescreen tells Prime that they were outnumbered. Prime doesn't seem concerned about this, as Cosmos, Bumblebee, and Spike are on the job! Yay! <laughs> Okay, actually, I believe in Cosmos and Bumblebee. It is Spike I don't believe in. Yeah, I have to wonder about his qualifications for this mission. So, anyway, Spike, Bumblebee, and Cosmos are on a different planet, picking up some conveniently packaged robot insecticide. I have so many questions. Uh, how does this work? What's it made out of? Would this affect poor Waspinator? Uh, inquiring minds would like to know. I mean, maybe it only works if they ingest it? Which the Insecticons do eat pretty much everything, so that's fair. Uh, however, in Cosmos' control cabin, we catch sight of said robotic insecticide, which is an absolutely huge red spray can. Like, like I said, conveniently packaged. But I mean, where the hell did this come from? It's obviously something that's been manufactured. Did they literally just go to a store somewhere? <laughs> That has even bigger giant robots? Like, <laughs> buy it from a gardening store? Ah, yes, the gardening store on Thedos 3. <laughs> also, to clarify, this giant can is about Spike's height, and it is way too big for, like, a smaller bot like Bumblebee to actually do anything with. Yep. But just as the group is trying to leave the planet, some metal vines grab onto Cosmos? Uh, Cosmos has Spike pressed the helpfully labeled auxiliary jet button in order to escape said vines. This seems silly, but okay. And then as they fly away, Cosmos' exterior is covered with these little glowing pink blobs. Methinks Cosmos needs to go through some decontamination for this. I'm sure this will cause no problems whatsoever. <laughs> Let's aim for that optimism at all times. <laughs> Spike wonders what the plants wanted, and Bumblebee seems to think that, uh, 
those plants wanted them for dinner. On Earth, the horde of Insecticons arrive at what, again, we're assuming is the Decepticon base. Then the, the Insecticons are shoved into Energon transfer pods and drained of the Energon that they've collected from eating through Earth stuff. Megatron then tries to offer the Insecticons an insultingly small amount of Energon as, quote, their cut. Megatron, of course, says that the process is costly and creates very little energon, then promptly leaves the room and enters an entirely different room where there are bunches of cubes waiting to be filled and being filled. This proves that, yet again, Megatron is a liar, liar, pants on fire. As always. Megatron then quotes, If the Insecticons had brains, they'd be dangerous. Ah, back with Cosmos, the pink spores have grown into the same vines that tried to grab them before. Spike wants to hit them with the jets again, but poor Cosmos has flown to an alien planet and back and is very low on energy right now. Unfortunately, they didn't hit, like, a juice bar or whatever before they left. <laughs> An energon bar? Yeah. Cosmos directs Spike and B to the ejector chamber as the vines completely cover him and he loses power. The two is safely escape from Cosmos. You may have noticed they've uh, forgotten something pretty important. <laughs> That's something being the insecticide, of course. Yep. Cosmos crash lands, still encased in vines, which is how Spike and Bumblebee find him a few minutes later. Cosmos cannot transform and is currently stuck. Thankfully, at least, the insecticide is still intact. It, it made it through the crash landing just fine. No worries about that. <laughs> it is built to last. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cosmos, though, is told to wait there while the other two get help. He responds with, where am I gonna go? It's not like the poor guy can transform when he's like, coated in robots. Yeah, robot vine-eating thingies, I don't know. Teletran 1, for some reason, has a view into the Energon processing facility that the Decepticons have, and it's warning Prime that the cons are gathering all of this energy. Which, again, if this is the cons' main base, did somebody sneak in and set up a camera? I mean, is Mirage there? Maybe Hound? Personally, I like to envision a jack hold up somewhere in there with an NES and a bunch of Sports Illustrated magazines myself. He'd probably get a kick out of that. <laughs> I'm just saying, we never get to see Blaster's consent. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee and Spike arrive at the Ark to explain Cosmos' predicament, but not before B is revealed to be inspected with the mechanical spores as well. Ratchet and Perceptor get to work on B's infestation and uh, begin examining the spores. Optimus informs us that the mechanical vines have taken over the valley that Cosmos has crashed in. A convoy of Autobots head towards Cosmos's position, all of which is uh, spotted by Laserbeak. Laserbeak reports the whole robotic insecticide bit to Soundwave and Megatron. Megatron does not seem phased at all and plans to get the insecticide for himself for when he ultimately has to dispose of the Insecticons. I... I can just sense that at some point in the future we are going to have the curse, your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> no! No! Megatron, at this point, completely disregards the reports about mechanical plants, though. They're not important. <laughs> at the Ark, Perceptor continues to examine the samples taken from Bumblebee, coming to the conclusion that they are Morphobots. Prowl is surprised. Uh, by this whole thing, as they were supposed to be extinct. Well, too bad for all these robots, they are definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and they're hungry. <laughs> yep. 
So Prowl and Perceptor report to Optimus and tell him to be very careful as the Morphobots can, can eat any mechanical form. How inconvenient for all involved. Uh, Thrust is stuck on Insecticon babysitting duty and Megatron orders him to tell the Insecticons about the insecticide and to stay away from the valley where Cosmos has crashed. The Insecticons are like, bullshit. <laughs> Thrust responds with, he values your safety. Uh-huh. Sure he does. <laughs> Perhaps ironically, the Insecticons would have ended up a lot better if they had actually listened to him for once. <laughs> yeah. So the Insecticons zap Thrust for his trouble, who then bombs them in response and flies off like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So our big bugs uh, decide to ignore the warning and head over to the Forbidden Valley. <laughs> the Decepticons arrive at the valley with Soundwave picking up Cosmos' distress signal. Starscream seems ready to dive right in and take on the plants. He refers to them as a spinach patch. So the fact that he knows what spinach is is amusing, and especially the fact that there was that entire thing recently about scientists somehow managing to get spinach to send emails. <laughs> okay, I've not heard this yet. But I want to point out, because this is the 80s, I actually kind of wish they had called it a cabbage patch, because I think that would have been funnier. Honestly, I kind of wonder if they didn't decide to do that because of because of it, even though Hasbro, I think, owns cabbage patch dolls. I don't actually remember. I don't, know. I don't know if that's them or Mattel, honestly. I mean, if they didn't own it, that might have been the reason why yeah, they that's didn't fair. Uh, Megatron cautions Starscream as the plants could be dangerous. Oh, Megatron. Megatron aced that perception roll today. Right? What concept? <laughs> Starscream being Starscream is just like, and shoots the plants anyway, and the blast is reflected back at him. Which even gets a chuckle out of Soundwave. <sighs> Megatron basically tells Starscream not to do anything else, they just sit tight and stay in timeout. And today on Random Accessories for Robots, Soundwave has a shoulder satellite dish, which he uses to warn the Decepticons of the Autobots' approach. So the cons all hide, Megatron intending for the Autobots to take out the plant so he can steal the insecticide. Optimus asks Warpath to blast his way to Cosmos, and then also asks for Ironhide to see if any of his Swiss Army knife abilities can be used as weed killer. Uh, hope springs eternal. <laughs> Warpath's attempt goes slightly better than Starscream's, if only because his blasts don't, uh, you know, reflect back and hit him, but he still does absolutely zilch to the plants. Ironhide attempts to spray the plants with something from his fingers, but this too does nothing. Well, considering that they, uh, survived the cold of space, I don't think the, uh, frozen liquid nitrogen or whatever would do much to them. Fair. Blaster volunteers to give a good old try to, uh, much to Optimus's chagrin. Optimus can handle many things, but not Blaster's taste in music today. So Blaster gives this good old try by transforming his top half and playing music. He's a boombox! A boombox with legs! <laughs> I'm like, now I'm just wondering, can I, can I do that with my Soundwave toy? I can I? I because Soundwave, uh, I think unfortunately all of my Soundwaves need their legs to transform the front part of the boombox, so I actually uh. don't think I can. <laughs> and now I'm curious, can you do that with the blaster toy? This was probably a TV only thing and probably not, but. Because I think he might actually use kind of the same mold. He probably does. Uh, yeah, but I know. don't know. I would be curious to know. <laughs> 
this does indeed work, with the plants being repelled away from Blaster as he approaches. To which Optimus says, who says plants aren't intelligent? That's the most shade we've seen him throw for a while. <laughs> yep. With Blaster carefully balanced on top of Bumblebee's alt mode, they, Trax, Hoist, and Ironhide are able to get close to Cosmos. Hoist tows him out, and he hands over the insecticide to Prime. The cons attack, and after all that work, Megatron just transforms into his alt mode and blows the damn can of insecticide up. Of course. Megatron, Soundwave, and Starscream get a good laugh about the human beings starving to death after the insecticons eat all their food. The good mode is cut extremely short when the vines reach out and grab Megatron, pulling him into the so-called spinach patch. Starscream sees an opportunity to be a pain in the ass and takes it, saying, I do something, but you ordered me not to! <laughs> Megatron, Ramjet, Dirge, and Blitzwing all get slammed by the vines when the three try to help Megatron. Optimus gets possessive of Megatron for a bit and says, Megatron is mine! Fighting with plants over your nemesis slash boy toy is not going to go over so well. You would think. Uh, the Insecticons then arrive, and Megatron calls them noble creatures. I can't tell if he's being sincere or sarcastic here. Given the context, I think he's being sincere. He's going to be in for a super big surprise when they land because they hate him. Yep. Uh, but they bypass Megatron entirely and instead attack the mechanical plants, thinking Megatron was hiding a food source from them. The one time Megatron is actually being truthful, even if it's sort of on accident, and they don't believe him. <laughs> but the only ones who get a good meal here are the Morphobots. The main three Insecticons are able to escape, with the Decepticons close behind. Our accidental heroes for the day here, folks, the Morphobots. Because yes, it turns out the Morphobots eat robotic insects. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> yeah. But heroes or not, the Autobots shove all the Morphobots into a rocket and blast it into space to get them on planet Earth. Complete with Cosmos following along as some sort of evil plant shepherd. <laughs> because he doesn't have enough jobs being their only fucking spaceship that is constantly, you know, stationed in space. Yep. Uh, but as the episode ends, Optimus gets a call from Perceptor asking for help. As his samples have taken over the lab, I guess they didn't check everywhere. <laughs> I think it was more Perceptor was left alone with the samples and just sort of kept going and then they got bigger. <laughs> yes, but the thing is, they forgot to go back and get the samples. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But with that as our end of the episode today, join us next time for The Secret of Omega Supreme, where we finally learn Omega's tragic backstory. The drama, the horror, the surprising amount of architecture. <laughs> Crimes against it, even. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of shiny things. <laughs> so today we have two fanfic recommendations for you. The first is The Insecticon Rebellion by Wayward. It's in the G1 cartoon continuity, rated K+. It's Jen. There are no pairings. Uh, the characters are Shrapnel, Kickback, Bombshell, and um, other original characters. In summary, Shrapnel wants to secure the Insecticon's future in the Decepticon Empire. And if that means breaking all the rules on the way, so be it. Be it. So, the character and theme rep for this episode is based on the Insecticons and the Morphobots. It's uh, part of a series, so there's other stuff that sort of sets this up before it, and, you know, stuff that comes after it. Exploring more to do with this, if you decide you like it. 
So the second fanfic recommendation for today is coming from Els. So over to you. <laughs> uh, my recommendation for today is Can Love Really Stretch So Far by Little Miss Sweetgrass. It is in the IDW and the Transformers Prime continuity. It's rated T. It is slash. Our pairings are uh, Cosmos and Soundwave. And our characters are the Transformers Prime Autobot crew. They're humans. They're Decepticons. <laughs> um, IDW, Cosmos, and Soundwave, Marissa, Thundercracker, Ravage, Frenzy, Rumble, Buzzsaw, Laserbeak, and some of the Lost Light Vertel. <laughs> some of which are more referenced than in there, but you get my point. In summary, Cosmos and Marissa get sucked into another dimension after some odd artifact is set off, and Cosmos's damaged and recently bonded spark isn't really handling interdimensional travel very well. Let's hope his conjunct Soundwave and the Autobots can save them before anything bad happens. Completely unrelated, but on the nemesis, Soundwave of this universe would like to know why he is suddenly feeling Autobot emotions like love and devotion that isn't towards the Decepticon cause. So... The wreck for this is just Cosmos. <laughs> it is part of a series. I think I've recommended everything else from this series. Um, most of them you don't really... There's probably like one of them you kind of have to read, but really all you need to know is that Cosmos has spark damage, mm -hmm. um, which is why it's latched onto that universe of Soundwave. But uh, it's complete. Uh, it's good. <laughs> um, it's, it's very satisfying. I think the end of the third chapter is my favorites. So, yeah, I'd really enjoy this one. <laughs> yeah, I read some of the other ones when you recommended them, and that one sounds, this sounds very interesting. It was, it was very good, and, like, there's just, it's not that the end of the story is bad, but I, th I think it's the third chapter. I think you'll understand if you read it, but, like, the end of the third chapter is just like, mm, yeah, baby! <laughs> it's so satisfying. It sounds spicy and like a punch to the feels. <laughs> I don't know if it's feels or it's like, yeah, get him, buddy! <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles! <laughs>